You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Welcome back to Counterculture here on Reality Check Radio. You are with Marie and my next guest is the leader of Vision New Zealand, Hannah Tamaki. Good morning. How are you, Hannah? Hello. Nice to be talking with you. It is lovely to be talking with you. We were just saying before we got started, it's getting to the pointy end of things now with, I mean, what are we now, sort of 70-ish, 60-ish days to go. How are you feeling? I mean, you are standing this year in Tamaki Makaro. Last time we were in Wairiki. Why the switch? Closer to home logistics or Rawiri driving you crazy? (laughs) <laughs> actually, when I was campaigning with him in Tamaki, I actually enjoyed it. But no, I think I was considering Tamaki for Tamaki last time, but because I had um, such a big touch group down in Waiariki, mm. I thought, you know what, I'll go back down into Waiariki. Um, I'd asked to go, I was asked by a few people if I'd go and do that. And I decided, yeah, why not? Because it's my first time of actually campaigning and standing. So I thought I'd go where I was familiar with lots of um, different people. Um, sadly, I didn't get the result I wanted, but you know what? I got the experience I needed, and that mm. to me made a lot of difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Tamaki Mikado, though, is a re- is unique, I think, amongst all the Māori seats because yeah. it's the only fully urban seat. Yeah, and I think because uh, we we cover quite a wide range of Tamaki, um, and I love the slogan Tamaki for Tamaki. I think it's it's got a little ring to it. But there are so many urban Maori, and and I would class myself as one. I was not raised on them, but I would go the odd time purely because my mum um, left our family home when I was around six, and we were raised in a, a Pakia home. My dad Pakia, but. There are so many people like us, half caste, quarter caste, a lot of Māori who love the Māori way, the culture, but we're not um, entrenched in in our Mm. culture. We love and respect our culture. And I think there's that element of professionalism, uh, wanting to get ahead, do better for your families, and that's why I think there are so many um, Māori actually in Tamaki. And when you're out talking to the constituents, what are they telling you? What are, what are their concerns as urban Māori living in Tamaki Makaro right now? Well, of course, everyone talks about the cost of living and, and you know, the rents and hard to get housing. But the, the other thing is a lot of them are really fearful about the next generation family. And to be honest, in government now there's no family there's there's not things about family we need we need a pushback for the family because family is the cornerstone of society and if you you know you and enable families support families you get better outcomes for families so a lot of them it is they're really concerned about the next generation their children their mokopona and I suppose for us because we are a five generation family that that are strong and family values. That's probably why, for me, my top priority in Vision New Zealand is our family policy first, health policy, then then the others will follow. But for me, as a, a nana, great nana, um, it is about the family. It is about making um, New Zealand the way it was before. I know we can't totally go back there, but there are some beautiful things about New Zealand that we want to wind back in. Mm. You know, opportunity. One of the things I've noticed is that there are a lot of what I call conservative Māori voices, traditional Māori voices, as you say, who have family and whānau at the centre of their worlds, who have been a bit drowned out. Are you finding that with the people you're speaking to? 
Yeah, well, you'll find that we have a group called Man Up. We're associated with the Man Up group. Mm. And, you know, they talk all the time about how, you know, their their concerns are. And, and of course, they talk their children and their grandchildren. But at the end of the day, I think all of us um, trying to do better for ourselves, being able to help other people, assist other people, and not be afraid to speak up. And that's why you've got to actually be somebody who's prepared to, to get yourself out there. I mean, you're not going to be liked. You know, it's not about being liked. It's about doing things for other people. And so for me, there's no point in me sitting at home complaining about the way things have changed or the way things are. It's better for me to try and get in there and be maybe a little voice in a big cog, helping mm. um, direct and guide and give some, you know, encouragement around family, around health, around housing. And considering, I've, you know, Brian and I have worked with people for over 40 three years we did it before uh on a smaller scale but once we you know became christians we actually saw the change that we could make in our lives in the lives of the people that we got to know and then we realized that we could take it wider and then we're able to encourage other people when they turn their lives around they made changes they learned new skills around family that they succeeded and then what what happens when you succeed the first thing you want to do is help others succeed and so for me it is about bringing some um, element of support encouragement and a little bit of faith it goes a long long way for me Mm -hmm. and so all of all the things around family around helping people that's my top priority Excellent. Why do you think that there is so many misconceptions around you and Brian and what you're trying to do with either Vision New Zealand or Destiny Church? What are some of the, A, the biggest misconceptions that people have and why do you think that they are out there today? Well, I think when we first came to Auckland, people had this impression, um, we put big billboards up, but they didn't realise that we'd had two churches before we came to Auckland. We started in Te Awamutu in 1985, then we went to Rotorua in 1990, and we came here in 98. Now, a lot of people don't think that we look like Māori. We're Māori, but I think because we live a, a different life, we you know, care about how we look, the way we present ourselves. We were helping people. And uh, it first started with um, a 60-minute article like 25 years ago, Cameron Bennett did it, and he put his camera over our fence and we had a little wee um, plastic boat and he called it a launch. And they had all these things saying that we robbed from the poor. But reality is we've been working all this time. We've, you know, we've bought homes, sold homes, made a little bit of money on each home. We've only got one home. All these people have all these misconceptions about us. But the thing is, all churches, if you go down the Auckland motorway and you see the beautiful big temple that the Mormon church is building, I never see anybody complaining about that. But they're the very same people that tithe and give to an organisation like Destiny and other churches. So all churches take tithes and offerings. But they, I think they had this little bit of fascination with Brian and Hannah Tamaki because of the fact we were turning people's lives around, we were making an impact. So the Sunday Sunday Star Times focus piece a couple of Sundays ago, Mm. I found that really fascinating because it almost seemed like this absolute disbelief from the journalist that actually a group of adults can come together from different parts of our community and differing opinions and actually sit down like grown-ups and have a conversation and work stuff out. What a novel concept, Hannah. I know, and you know, the thing is, when you like people, you actually like all people from all walks of life. Um, and I think maybe they live a very narrow lifestyle where it's all about, you know, journalism and and, and climbing the ladder to success. 
But I think you're a better person when you can embrace other people and you all climb a ladder together, you help each other up. And I think that's part of Brian and my ethos really is about enabling and helping other people. So, yeah, it was a bit strange. And I, I did actually have a go at one of the guys and said, look, you know, I think that was a bit rude throwing stuff in about Sue and saying, you know, this conspiracy stuff. I said, there are so many of us that made a decision, we chose, and other people made choices as well not to be vaccinated. And now here we are and look, we're all we're all fine. Um, mm. The mandates were, were just terrible. And I remember when I was campaigning, I was able to leave Auckland because I was um, campaigning in Waiariki and I'd drive out, wave to everybody and come back in and stuff. And right then I said, I'm against mandates. I'm not going to be vaccinated. And Hillary Barry took a shot at me um, and said, what sort of leader am I? Um, if Jesus was around, he'd get vaccinated. And I'm like, you know what, silly lady? I feel like actually getting a hold of her and saying, now, um, Hillary, I'm still unvaccinated and I'm fine. And there are a whole lot of other people that are vaccinated. Some of them are fine, but there are some of them that now have health complications. You know, your attack on me when she's actually the anti-bullying ambassador. Hello. Mm. Do you think that there have been a lot of people in that space at that time are finding difficult to roll their comments back? Yeah, and I think some of them are embarrassed that um, they... No, just believed it and understandably how people did believe it. But I think that when we were making decisions to look, I just want to wait. You can still get it. You can still pass it on to others. And then we don't know what the side effects could be. If you sit back and do that, then why would people have problems with it? But then we become conspiracists. We're anti the government. Well, we're anti-mandates. To, be, to start with, that, that's honestly how we did feel about it. And I am still, um, very anti any type of mandate um, because I think people should be able to have the freedom to choose. So I did hit him up a little bit. So I'm actually thinking of doing a, a rebuttal. He said I could do a 100-word rebuttal. I'm like, oh, I better really cut my words back down. But I said, why do you guys regurgitate all this old stuff? I said, it's sad mm. that journalism this day is about regurgitating old well, you know what regurgitation is like, mm. it's, been, it's vomit. And I said, you know, you say self-styled. Well, everybody self-styles. We all go out with self-style. They say those things. And you know what? Our five-year-old granddaughter, I called her this morning, styling some outfits of clothes. And I said, oh, what are you doing, Vana? She said, oh, I'm getting these ready for after school. She had all these things, shoes and everything lined up. And I thought, well, this year she's self-styling. Maybe must run in the family. But, you know, there's, there's just these throwaway lines that, People have got away with, for many, many years, just saying whatever they want to about Brian Tamaki, blah, 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 Hannah Tamaki. And I think now a lot of people have wound that back. Actually, to be honest, on the road, we've had hundreds of people come and apologise to Brian for believing the media and saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just so sorry that I got sucked into that whole thing. And he goes, well, that's fine because he said, you and a whole lot of other people, but I didn't know you. You didn't know me. You know me now. And so, hey, let's just start a a fresh relationship. And I think that's been really good. So when Mm. Brian was the first person to actually stand up and say, we're we're going, I'm going to stand up for the rights of all people, not just people of faith. Well, we were so surprised on the 2nd of October that in um, 2021, oh yeah, that was like 21, so many people that weren't part of our circle were there not wearing masks not social distancing whereas we made it really clear to our people you've got to wear masks you've got to social distance you've got to scan in we, our people were told them to do all of that and all these thousands of others weren't you realize that hang on a minute he gave hope and 
help get rid of a whole lot of people's fear by standing up. And those people today are still very thankful to Brian for doing that because it gave them the courage to get out of their homes, to meet with their friends and family again, and to live life the way that we were used to living it. Mm, well, here I'm in Hawke's Bay. So Michael, who's standing for the Tukituk electorate yeah, down here, yeah, and he's uh, a lovely man. Now they started having the first gatherings opposite the business that my husband and I then owned and ran. So we saw these going on. So we actually went across, and because we weren't done with what was happening, we probably went to yeah, at least two before mm-hmm. we even realised. Like any connection at all with Destiny Church. Yeah. And, and because it wasn't about that, it was about allowing a space for people to come together and express their concerns and speak and, yeah. and freely without censorship. So thank you very much for that. And as you said, I know my husband's view, he's, I mean, my husband's an atheist, I'm an agnostic. Our opinions around the modern church had been formed in one form or another through yeah. the media. And we saw another side. So yeah, for that, that, thank you. You know, and that's why Brian started the Freedom and Rights Coalition because he, he, you know, he'd been on all these zooms with all these leaders around the nation, and they're going, "Oh, look, we've got to have another meeting." And Brian goes, "No, we can't keep meeting." He says, and then he got um, a businessman, a farmer, and I think a teacher. He said, "We'll all stand together, so it doesn't look like Brian Tamaki's doing it." Well, they all pulled out and it was just him by himself. And he says, well, here I am again, I'm alone, but I'm still going to do it. And he was warned by the police not to do it. At first they said, yes, we'll give you masks, we'll give you sanitizer, we'll help you. And then the night before they said, if you do it, there's a high chance of you being arrested. And Brian said, well, I'm not going to let the people down that now I've told I'm going to get there. He said, I didn't stand up to chicken out. So he stood up and he did it and he said, and what he'd done is with our teams, he said, you don't have to do it. If you want to do it, you're welcome to, but, you know, you may get arrested. Um, he said it's called the Freedom and Rights Coalition. We, I think they planned about three or four in a row. He said we're just going to plan them and we're going to do them. So then when we get to the next one, we'll be able to say the next one's this state, the next one's this state. And so without extra planning, they were already planned and ready to roll. And, of course, right across the nation, people were like, yay, finally, we can get out and say we're not with all of this stuff and we've got a group of people and we made a whole lot of new friends and those friends are lifetime friends because they realised they lost other friends mm. but they, we built this lovely new connection and it actually that's the way New Zealanders do it. They mm. sort of gather together and they connect and I think we helped inspire that feeling back into the communities which was beautiful. And also too, as well as the Freedom and Rights Coalition, your Stand Up for Men groups, which were quite involved with that. Again, I'm in the Bay. And you guys came in here after the cyclone. Mm -hmm. Not that you would know. No. It wasn't about about telling people we were there. Um, Brian did. The locals knew you were here. Oh, yeah, but they're the only ones that mattered. Um, What happened was Brian spoke on a Sunday and said, you know what? If you've got um, leave, you can take time off. Your boss will give you time. I want as many of you. I want hundreds to go down to the Hawks Bay. They're setting it up for us. Michael, Michael, of course, and Jules were just wrapped about it, and um, Shane and Anna. And they got together. And then Brian and I said, well, we'll sneak in. And we did three days there. And we met so many beautiful people. And we were shoveling mud. And, you know, actually, it was quite funny. I was like being a little supervisor. Move that car here. Let's do this. And I loved it. 
And then people started taking pictures and I said, we're not here for this. And um, we met some beautiful people that said, can we just say thank you to you and Brian? And can we say thank you to Man Up? We said, yes, say thank you to Man Up. Um, and we had lots and lots of support. I mean, that stadium was full with food, with oh, mm. everything. Actually, you could camp out there and have a really good time. But, you know, the teams would have their brief in the morning. They'd take their, they'd take their um, waters and things and then, Food was delivered to them on site. And it was just lovely. You sit down, you know, sit down in the mud. Sometimes you're eating a sandwich and you're having all these beautiful apples and, and bottles of water. And you're meeting all these wonderful people that are just there from all across New Zealand. You know, we've built just just beautiful, beautiful, as I said, beautiful relationships. Mm. It's just, I just loved it. It showed the importance of community. Mm. I think that's one of the things that we've lost. We've had governance which has spent a lot, a lot of time trying to convince us that they are the single source of truth and every all roads shall go through them. Yeah. We, but when it came to this disaster, what we certainly saw here on the coast, whether it be here or up in Gisborne, and I know I've spoken to, I spoke to Peter Mortlock several weeks back and he sent a team up there through Norm McLeod. And if you were going to wait for the government to come and bail you out, you would be still waiting. Yeah, well, the thing is they showed up and, you know, they showed up for a photo shoot and then they fly off again. They do a bit of a helicopter ride around. And the thing is we have a man-up team in, in Gisborne. We had helping here up in um, West Auckland. And the thing is that's the neat thing about the man-up community. They're only a phone call away. They're a 24-7 organisation. You know, we are pushing uh, man-up along because – they are genuinely helping and supporting all mm. communities. When you can get somebody, and this is even in Australia, Kenya, Pakistan, you get somebody ring from Melbourne panicking because they, they say that their brother has threatened to commit suicide. And um, What can I do? What can I do? And within half an hour, you've got somebody from an office in New Zealand contacting somebody over there, and that person has been supported and now going to Manor. That's the sort of support that Kiwis do. That's mm. I reckon that... What we're doing is just a natural Kiwi thing to do is help one another. And I think the government tried to divide us, stop that sort of, you know, connection because they realised that if we form together again, we're going to be unified again and our eyes our eyes were open and, and other people's eyes will open and that we will stand together and we're going to continue to stand together. It's not over. That health response bill was renewed again. Well, why did it need to be renewed? Renewed again, I think, until May next year. It means that any time after the election, whoever gets in can say, oh, actually, I think I'll call it back in and then they can start controlling people. But New Zealanders have got to let their minds go back to the way we used to be, how we deal with sicknesses and how we work through things together. And don't let that international jargon flow through our government to us and rob us of our liberties and our freedom. Mm. Getting back to the election, you're running in an electorate with uh, Penny Herari. And yep. so he's got, and it's really only you and him that have got name recognition <laughs> on the ticket. I know him. And the thing is, you know, you get a whole lot of portfolios and then I don't see much done done to them. And the other thing is this, there's not a, there's, there's not a, a thing for men. There's not things for family. There's not things for men. I, there may be a touch on things for women. But you see, now we're seeing the highest incarceration number of Maori women in the world. And I realise that, um, and we all realise, is that they're left to carry so much burden of the home that sometimes them 
getting into drugs, hey, driving without a license because they've got to get the kids to school. You know, they're stealing things because their children need them. Not that it's right to do that, but you can see the desperation. And then what happens is they're incarcerated. Then we've got a whole nother burden of grandparents having to raise grandchildren. And I know of many great-grandmothers like me, my sort of age and a bit older, who are raising their mokopuna because the tāne has gone, the husband's gone, and the mum's gone into um, prison. And so when you see those things happening and you know it, what do you want to do? You want to get in and help. So if people begrudge me for wanting to help when they know, they you know they genuinely know what we do. If you ask anybody what Man Up's done or Legacy for Women has done, they'll all say they've done good. But then they don't like it associated to Brian and Hannah Tamaki. But who, who are the beginners of that program? Sadly, people... Brian and Hannah Tamaki, because mm. one day they managed to change their lives, turn their lives around, help a few others, and they saw that others could do the same, and now thousands of thousands are doing the same. It is about caring and loving our culture, our people, all people. And so that is why I'm going to stand. I do do something. I've got I've got the fruit that backs up my words. I'm not just a person that walks around pretending I'm doing things. I actually do do things. So. Mm. So what do you say when you look at, because I've seen a real 180 shift Mm. in the philosophy and attitudes of someone like John Tamahiti, who was all around Māori empowerment for a long time. He was about Māori standing on their own two feet, making sure that they made things better for themselves. And then all of a sudden critical theory and wokeness, for a lack of a better term, arrives and it looked like that you could get a lot more political capital by turning Māori into victims. What do you think around that? Do you get frustrated with that? Because you you work in the empowerment space. Yeah. Do you get frustrated when someone like him, who was a strong leader, mm. is it a case of the ends justify well, the means? I've got to or- say, because you have a big urban authority and you're paid to do something, does that really make you a leader or does that make you an employee to the government where we do what we do voluntary? So does that make you a leader? I think when you lead, when you're not getting paid for what you're doing, I think that's leading. I'd like to know how many Māori um, up the top became very wealthy overnight purely because of all the things that were pushed out, the mandates, the you know, we had the testing station on, and I want to make it clear to everybody, it was a testing station. We agreed only to the testing station. We never wanted and have not agreed to the vaccination being on site, and I think that's going to be something that I'm talking to the media about more. But that was spun by somebody else. But I'm just saying, hey, people, Brian and I have been true to our word. We're still unvaccinated, and we did not allow vaccinations to happen where the testing station was. There is a medical centre, there are three other medical centres, and they did have mobile units, but that had nothing to do with us. I just want to make that clear because I know people get a bit concerned about it, like, oh, Brian, oh, it's got a, you've t- ticked a question off for me. These are well, and, and I'm making a rebuttal mm. in the paper about it too. Um, so for me, you, you don't be afraid to speak up because, to be honest, I don't care whether people like me or not mm. because the people that I work with, the people that I'm helping, They like what I do for them. And so it's not about being liked. It's not about climbing a ladder of success. Your success is how many people are following you. That shows you leadership. And I think around the nation, people see that. But for me, it's empowering all people. Everybody has got potential inside of them. There's leadership inside of everybody. If you're a mum and you've looked after the budget, you've looked after your family, you've got your kids to school, you've helped them with their reading, all those things, 
And let's get back to maths, reading, English and school instead of sexualization of our children. Let's put that out there on the table as well. But you'll be a better um, finance minister than Grant Robertson because he's throwing everybody's money away. But I'd like to know how he budgets his, his own home. Look at all these wonderful people that now are putting their hand up to do something. I, you know, I've got to salute, you know, you guys having the station, um, Voices of Freedom. You know, there's a whole lot of wonderful organisations that have done great work through what's happened to us all over the last three years. To be honest, we've all got the same passion and, and we want people to realise you are free to choose. And if you choose yes, you're, that's okay. If you choose no, that's okay. But let's have um, that freedom again to make decisions for us over our well-being, over our families, over the way our children are educated. And if we can assist by getting a few people around the table in government, I think that will make a ginormous impact on the changes that need to happen. So if you managed to roll Penny and you won the seat, I I can. <laughs> would you consider a coalition with anybody? Is anyone on the table that you would go, hey, give me a yell, I'll sit down and have a corridor with you and we can talk? Or would you fly solo? Oh, well, it's so funny because at the moment, everyone says we'll never work with the Tamakis. Well, it's not just about the Tamakis people. It's about Vision New Zealand. It's about the Outdoor Freedom Party. It's about Rock the Vote New Zealand. It's about Freedoms New Zealand. Um, it's not. It, it, the thing is, if I knew that good voices were going to get around the table, not just my voice, but other good voices, I'd be clapping and cheering them on. But sadly, people have their own egos. And, you know, they say, I think they used to accuse Brian of having the biggest ego, but he started Freedoms um, New Zealand because that's what the people asked for. No one asked, no one else asked. The people at the by-election asked for that. And so he thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll do it for them. And then you've got all these other people starting all these new parties now. It's like, people, the people asked us to work together. Why can't you work with Brian and Hannah Tamaki? Actually, to be honest, we're probably the most well-known leaders that have helped and assisted people in this nation. But you've got an issue with us. Get over yourself and let's work together because we all want the same thing. We want our nation to be healed. We want our people to be able to walk in liberty again. And we want voices at the table. Actually, to be honest, what does it hurt to have a little bit of faith, somebody with a little bit of faith at the table? They're not going to rule the whole roost. And you can see from what we did with the Freedom and Rights Coalition, it's not about just our faith, but it was our faith that gave us the strength to stand. Well, you look at someone like Christopher Luxon and they've he claims to have faith, I don't know. Whenever it crops up, they use it and weaponize it against them in terms of uh, social policy. So how do you then look at that? As you said, if you have are someone with a little bit of faith, yeah. how do you then tackle those entrenched cultural ideas like gay marriage, like abortion, if you had a seat at the table? Yeah, well, you know, I've made it very clear to people that I wouldn't try and um, change the the gay marriage bill because I understand I've got gay nephews and nieces, and you know, they're they're in civil unions, they're in marriages, and they and I know they love each other, and I've seen where they've come from and how they're in love now, and so for me, it is about a choice for that. My my biblical side might not agree with it, but my love for people is accepting of them. But if they ever became Christians, they'd have to maybe reconsider where they stood, but that's up to them. But when it comes to the extreme abortion law, that would be definitely put straight back on the table. So anyone out there that's um, 
So that's the late-term abortions that was pushed yeah, through under urgency in the first push lockdown. It right back, push it right back again and then get people talking again because why was that pushed through at a time when our, in our country was under all this COVID stress? Why was it pushed through? Don't you think we should have just left it to the... Weren't we, weren't we not supposed to be going to hospitals and weren't we supposed to not be shacking up with all these strangers and doing all these sorts of things? So why was it pushed through? So you have to ask yourself that. So, yeah, people, that's me. That's what... I stand for. Um, I'm, pro, I'm very pro-life. You, I won't, will not flip-flop around that. Um, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I am a person of faith. If you go into court, you know, you, the Bible's there, the law's built on, on the Bible. Um, so is it okay to use it sometimes and not other times? If you truly want to live your faith, then that's your choice. You know, I've got to say something about Calvin Davis with the, the prison ministry with Manor. He said, I don't want Brian Tamaki's program in, in prison because he's just trying to, it's a recruitment place. But okay, so it's okay for gangs to recruit, but it's not okay to help men get their lives on track, get their families back and work through their issues. You know, there's this hypocrisy. So you might not love Brian and Hannah um, faith, but a lot of people respect the work that we do. And I will not flip-flop. We will both not flip-flop. It is important to stand your ground on your conviction so people know where you stand. So you're not the sort of person, and I know that I've heard Winston Peters has made all these promises to people, and then when when he gets in, they go, well, what about our promise? He goes, I'm allowed to change my mind. Well, one thing I can tell you absolutely is that Hannah Tamaki will not change her mind, and I'm pretty sure that Brian Tamaki will not change his mind. But there's a whole lot of beautiful people that we want to work with. But coalition, mm, I haven't heard of anything yet, but maybe if you if we get a few really awesome candidates like, you know, Michael across the line and hopefully myself and a few others because I'm standing 19 candidates and Donna and I are working on the Māori seats. If we get that many people, then somebody will come knocking, but then there'll be some really tight negotiation going mm. on. What's the one issue that you would be a deal breaker? So if you were to get across the line, you ended up, say for argument's sake, Yeah. and I posed this question to Helen Houghton last week, for argument's sake, Winston got across the line, you got across the line, you sat down and had a conversation to Winston. What would be the sort of things that you would bring with Vision New Zealand that would stand aside from New Zealand First policy, for example? What would be a deal breaker for you? Well, firstly, I'd want a very honest leader and a very honest negotiation because, you know, there are, there. I know that when United Future did some deals, they had to forfeit some things. And I'd be like, well, these things I will not forfeit. So if you want us to work with you, then you're going to have to accept these things. And you know what? It's quite wonderful because when I met Helen a few weeks ago, her and I just really hit it off. I think she's an amazing woman. She's and, a lovely uh, woman, yeah. Yeah, I really like her. And I would you know, love for her, her to get in and, and even work because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're, we're very similar in lots of things. But then it would be like, who else gets in? And we go to the table together because we can't do it alone. I mean, I know I would not make it by myself. I need to have people to to work alongside with. I'm not. I'm a, more a team player than an outright. Oh, I can make a decision. I, I can make decisions, but I love teamwork. So even though I am a leader, I prefer to work in teams. So for me, it would be about a true team coming together with a total understanding, transparency, and honesty with each other. So what we've you know committed to the people, what we've said we're campaigning on that we would still be allowed to hold those pillars up and that they would be accepted. Mm. 
What's the one thing now for you and Brian? I mean, you're both incredibly busy. As you said, you've got a multi-generational home, four generations under one roof. What are the things now that you're doing outside that for you two? You know, like what are the things that you think, right, time for us to take a break or uh, do something for ourselves. What does a bit of time out for Hannah and Brian Tamaki look like these days? Well, in actual fact, we took our break before we went. We in um, April we went over to Israel. We always wanted to go there. We decided we were supposed to go there five or six years ago, and we didn't, so we decided to do that. But it's so funny because he he and Sue are leading the Freedoms New Zealand, and I'm still leading Vision New Zealand. So we do different talks. So it's quite funny. It's like at night time we might sit down and go have a cup of go. No talking about anything. Okay. Let's not talk about anything. And we laugh. But, you know, who would have imagined that a husband and wife would both be leading political parties and both have aspirations to get in and help? But he's very strong on the law and order policy, but also for the fact that he's got a team, I've got a team. Sometimes the teams blend. Sometimes we do different things. When we went on the road, he'd be speaking, I'd be speaking. I'd be like, you know, but people go, oh, but there's the Tamakis there. There's the two Tamakis. Well, that's not our fault that we're the ones that – have got an aspiration and um, and a passion for our nation. And, and I say to people, but I was there first. But I'm going to tell you something. I did not agree with Brian standing for politics until we went to Israel. They said Jesus was a, um, a rebler. His church was called a cult. He spoke against the, the, the leadership of the day and he was crucified. And I'm like, well, thankfully, Brian, they can't crucify you. But really touched my heart. And I thought, you know what? He stood up for people. People have said, Strangers come up to Brian, shake his hand. All these beautiful New Zealanders come to our meetings, shake his hand, thank him for what he's done. And then I thought, you know what, am I being selfish? So I said, you know what, when we get back, you tell them that you um, that you could do it. I don't care, you can do it, and I'm going to do it, and I don't care what people say about it because at least you have stood in your own right. I'm standing in my own right. Together, it's amazing. And so what I did when um, we had the coalition for people coming on the board and the list, I said, look, I'm not going to be involved in the the council. I will be a silent member on the council. I will not speak into the council, the secretary of our party or my deputy. So Anne Williamson is the secretary of Vision New Zealand. Pekka Robinson is the deputy leader. So they will be the ones that will speak into council. I will pull back purely because I'm Hannah Tamaki. But I still think that I should be a woman in my own right, be able to have my own voice as well. But people have a you know, they have an issue with it. So I've willingly stepped back and let the others step forward into that position. It's flowing wonderfully. You can do negotiations that work for the good of all people, for the good of what you're wanting to achieve. And I think it's not about your personality or you. It's about what's going to work for the people that you say you want to represent. So for me, it is about the people it's about representing the people. It's about being an example to the people. And how many people could say that Brian and Hannah Tamaki have not done well for their people over 43 years of us being in full-time ministry? It seems strange in a political realm, um, leaving your church hat sometimes over here, but you can't get away from the fact that your core or you know your belief structure helps to build what you're building. And for me, It is about loving one another as God has loved me. And so that is my mantra and helping people, helping those that haven't had the tools to help themselves, give them the tools, give them the support. And I always say to people, a hug and an encouraging word can go a long, long way for just one person. You just never know who hasn't had a hug in a day. 
Well, I think that's a great place to leave it, Hannah. I want to thank, thank you, you so much for your time this morning. Pleasure. Greatly appreciated. If anyone wants to know anything more about Vision New Zealand or Freedoms New Zealand, where do they go? Well, they can go to the um, the Vision New Zealand website. Go to my page. Actually, go to Vision New Zealand page on my Facebook page and like it, and then you'll be able to keep up with what I'm doing. Oh, and I'll speak for Freedoms New Zealand too. Go to their page and like it as well. <laughs> But thank you again. I've loved chatting with you. All the best for what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you very much. This has been Hannah Tamaki from Vision New Zealand. More still here to come with Counterculture on Reality Check Radio. Marty's waiting in the wings. We've got more Media Matters here on RCR. You're listening to Counterculture on RCR. Yeah, yeah. Reality Check Radio.